appreciate each one this morning. Is this too hot or is it good? Okay, I got a couple thumbs up, so I guess we're good then. I'm not wound up yet, though. You might, you might change your mind a little bit. I don't know, hopefully not. But thankful to have everyone this morning. Appreciate each one and uh, glad to have uh, my cousin here with me, Brother Robbie. Uh, Janet's son, you probably figured that out with them sitting together, but uh, thankfully, I've uh, some of my cousins, not all, but some, uh, weren't just cousins, but they were friends, and he's been one of them. Uh, he's a few years older than me, but uh, uh, we won't talk about that too much, will we? But, uh, but, um, but I, I've, I've been blessed with some, with some good relatives, honestly, I have, and, and I just many times, Robbie's been there for me in different ways, and and just been a friend, and I appreciate it. Uh, turn with your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, chapter 5. Luke, chapter 5. Uh, every year, as you all know, I try to give us a little slogan to go with for the year. Sometimes we hang on to it. Sometimes we don't as good as we should. Let's hope we do this year. I hung last year's up on the wall so you could remember. And you can't be with that excuse to not remember. There was more to do in 2022. Well, this year... What does God expect of me in 2023? And I think there's some things he expects from us. He has a right to. I would say require, I started to say what are some things God requires of me, but in our sinful nature, we want to rebel against anything that we're required of, don't we? We want to instantly say, well, I don't want to do that if you're going to make me do it. But you know what? God can make us do some things sometimes. And I feel somebody says, well, he won't force you to. Well, I'll tell you this. There have been some times I felt like God forced me to. Uh, I didn't feel like I had a choice in a matter. Uh, you say, well, did you choose to preach? Absolutely, I did not. No, did not. Uh, the night I announced my call to preach, I was at home. Uh, I was, I'll tell you, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'll just tell you this real quickly and we'll get into the message. It's getting a little bit late, so I want to try to not hold you too long. But um, one of my relatives on my mom's side of the family was passing away. He was spending his last two or three weeks on earth. We knew that. And at that time, I spent a lot of time down there and Jackie and Dwight was there. Uh, it was Dwight's father-in-law, Dwight McClure. You've, some of you heard him preach. He's been here before. For Pastor Jackie, and Jackie's wife was practically raised by this family. So anyway, I was talking to them, you know, about God coming to preach and stuff, and I left their house, which all of 200 yards from mine, uh, put in our driveway and got out of my truck. When I got out, I felt like if I didn't go inside right then and tell my mom and dad that God had called me to preach, that I was going to split in two and go into the ground. That's how I felt. Uh, I didn't feel like I had a choice in the matter. And I'm not complaining, I don't mean that. But what I'm telling you this is that if you want to rebel against God, you go ahead and do it. But I'll promise you the day is going to come, you're going to wish you wouldn't have. And he will get your attention. You ain't stronger than God. You don't have more willpower than he does. You don't have more thought than he does. You don't have more strength than he does. I'll promise you, he is God, and he will show you he is God. You say, How? More ways than you can imagine because he's smarter than everybody in here put together that ever will be and ever can be. Luke's Gospel, chapter 5. Everybody there? The Bible says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, 
he stood by the lake of Gethsemane and saw two ships standing by the lake that the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the lamb. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships that they began to sink, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which, were, which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together. God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. And God, I thank you for this church that you got here upon this little hill, God, that, is, that you have assembled here. Lord, this is your work. This is your business. This is not mine or anyone else's here. Jesus, you're the head of this church. And I pray today that you speak to these people, Lord, that you speak to me also as you speak through me. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you touch hearts this morning like you never have. God, our time is getting shorter. And God, our life on earth, Lord, is getting fewer numbered. And God, there's people dying and going to hell all around us. And God, our, our, our Christian values and our standards, God, your word and what we should live by and how we should live has been challenged every day. And God, even some so-called churches are compromising. And God, they're giving up the, the things of this world and bring it into the church to try to gain the world. God, we know that doesn't work. So, Father, I pray today that you give me the words needed. Father, help me to preach with love and power and authority. I need you, Jesus. Do for with me today as you please. And, God, I'm yours, and I pray that you speak to the hearts of each one that are here, whatever they're needing that may be. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I'm sure some of you have heard this story before. Uh, there is debate on if this is parallel to a couple stories in Matthew and Mark or if it is a different uh, time. I kind of favor towards the way of a different moment. Uh, the first time Jesus saw Peter and James and John and called them, they weren't fishing. Uh, they were standing and uh, I, think, I think he had called them, I think as he was assembling his disciples together. Uh, we think of it in our mind because somehow we put the Bible as different. Everything happened different in the Bible than happens in real life. Well, it, it was real life too. Uh, Jesus, uh, he didn't have uh, a Harley. Uh, he didn't have a Chevrolet. Uh, Fords were the only vehicle invented because he walked everywhere he went. Uh, so we know that at that time there wasn't much transportation other than foot traffic or animal. So he didn't just magically go around and gather all his disciples in one day. It took a little bit of time. And I think he called these three boys and, and while Jesus was uh, doing other work, other things, I think they went back to fish him and he comes on the scene here and we see this story play out and after this, I believe they went with him and never departed his side uh, as you, uh, per se until the day that he died uh, as our Savior and Lord and as our sacrifice. 
And now, in verse one, uh, we see, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake against sinners. So obviously, Jesus' fame had already started. Obviously, there was some uh, reputation here that he had already started to gain. Uh, somewhere along the lines, people had already started to hear and realize this was not just another man. And notice they were excited to hear the word of God. When's the last time you've experienced that? Amen. Um, but but he, he saw two ships standing by the lake at the fishermen who were going out of them and they're washing their nets. So I kind of picture this in my mind that Jesus is walking along this lake. Now this isn't some little pond out on a farm. Uh, this is a big size uh, lake. This is a pretty good sized body of water. And I kind of picture he's standing on the edge of the water and then they're coming all around him pressing against him, kind of crowding up against him. And I don't know about you, but Jesus was human. And if I get too pressed sometimes, I get a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, and I think he got to that point like, man, y'all need to back up a little bit or something here. I mean, I need some room to breathe. And so he said, you know what? I'll use this boat. And so he had Peter uh, to, to say, let's go out in the water here just a little bit. And he sat down in Peter's boat and the Bible tells us, and it said that he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the lamb and sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, number one, there's some things you're gonna have to do that God is gonna expect you to do in 2023, and that's thrust out a little. You and I have got to thrust out of our comfort zone just a little bit sometimes and get out into the water, if you will, and trust God in what he tells us to do. When's the last time you've thrust it out from something that you have, a status quo, that you are saying, God, I'm gonna trust you. In other words, you can also say he launched out a little bit. When's the last time you've launched out in any way, shape, or form? Have you, has he launched you out into anything? Has he given you anything to thrust out with? You say, oh no, preacher, then I believe there's something wrong somewhere because I'm here to tell you, every person in this church, God has given you something to do, something to trust him with, something that he has entrusted you with. And if you don't have anything to do in this church, God's not the problem. <laughs> so we need to thrust out a little bit. We need to be about his business. I imagine, and I know I say this all the time, but you understand that we are going to stand before Jesus one day. You're going to kneel, but you're going to be there before him and your life is going to be put on fire and what you've done for Jesus is the only thing that's going to last. Have you done anything for him where he thrusted you out a little bit and you said, God, you, you control the boat, I'll get in it and go with you. Have you done anything in his church or for Jesus that's going to stand to test of fire anything when's the last time you said God this is uncomfortable I don't know how I'm going to do it but I'm going to do it you know how many churches I pastored before I came here zero you know how easy I could have used that for an excuse I said well, I don't know what I'm doing I've never pastored a church somewhere along the line that had to change you know how the only way I could ever say I pastored a church is pastor a church. There's no shortcuts. There's no back doors. And I like what Brother Cody, I've heard him say this many times, you're not gonna stumble into a relationship with God. It's gonna be deliberate. So number one, in 2023, one thing he expects of me is to thrust out a little bit. So we're gonna do something here real quick that I'm gonna preach on. In 2023, 
what does God expect of Craig? So when I say that, you're going to say your name out loud. In 2023, we're going to say this together out loud. In, in 2023, what does God expect of Craig? What does he expect of you? Have you even bothered to ask him? Have you even talked to him about it and said, God, I don't want to put myself out. I don't want to do some things I know you might ask me to do, but I'm going to. I want to make a difference. I want God to make a difference in my life. Imagine. I'll tell this story real quickly, and I'm trying to get going here. And the stories and illustrations is not what's going to make a difference in your heart. The Word of God is what's going to matter. But God told me plainly, you've heard me tell this story to witness to a man one time that it was working for a company that we, they were fabricating a lot of pipe for us on the job that I was on. And God told me plainly over and over to witness to him. I said, God, I can in this situation. You know I can. I gave God every reason. And on a Friday or Thursday afternoon, God put me in his, in his office straight in front of his face right across from him, no one in that room but him and I, and he even opened the door for me to witness to him. And I still didn't. He brought up God, and I still didn't tell him about Jesus. I came to work Monday, and the project manager looked at me and said, did you hear about D.O. over the weekend? I said, no, what happened? He said he had a massive heart attack and died. I thought so much about that man. You say, well, maybe he went to heaven. Then why would have God have had me to witness to him if he was already saved? No, it is possible that God was testing me. That has happened, and I hope that's the case. But let's say that it wasn't. And at the, at the great white throne of judgment, when we, or that's when the Bible says God shall wipe away our tears. We're crying for a reason, and I see that man cast into hell and sentenced, and God looking at me saying, you never told him. And maybe even more chilling is that man looked me in the eye. Say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Folks, that's real. That's going to happen one day. That's going to play out. How many people have you told about Jesus lately? (laughs) Let me preach on here. He says in verse four, he says, now when they had left speaking, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering uh, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, there's some things I want to point out here about this. One is Jesus wasn't speaking to some kind of greenhorn fisherman. That's what these guys did for a living. They knew a little bit about it. So number one, we've got to thrust out. We've got to get a bit uncomfortable sometimes out of our comfort zone and do things for him. You know, I bet it was comfortable for Jesus on the cross, wasn't it? But number two, we just got to trust him in all things. Not just some, not just here, there. But Peter obeyed what Jesus said. He trusted what he said. And Caleb Lindsay pointed this out to me. Notice what Jesus says. He said, and launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Peter, Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night, but nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Jesus said nets. Simon Peter said net. 
You know, sometimes you and I get it halfway right. Jesus will tell us to do something and we'll halfway do it to soothe our conscience instead of fully trusting him, we'll only halfway trust him and we pay a price for it too. Not only that, but so does someone else. Caleb was the one that pointed this out to me. He said, then Jesus bowed at, Peter bowed at Jesus' feet and everybody thought, wow, look here, how great Peter listened to him. But Peter knew in his heart that he did not do exactly what Jesus said. The new translations words it as though they let down the net. King James says nets or net. Jesus said nets, the King James says net. Some of them say it's nets, but the way I read the Bible, it was net because they beckoned their friends to come to them. So we got Simon Peter standing here in the boat with Jesus. Remember, he told him to launch him out into the water so we could teach. So they're still in the boat. He said, let down your nets, Peter. And you'll catch some fish. And Peter said, Master, we've done everything we could do. We've not caught a thing. Sometimes in your Christian life, You'll feel like you're doing everything you can do and everything's going wrong. Everything's coming against you. The Bible tells me in Romans that the suffering that I go through here is not worthy to be compared with the glory that should be revealed in you and I. That glory is there now if you're born again. If you're a child of God, that glory is inside of you because God lives inside of you. And one day that's coming out to be revealed. But let me ask you, when's the last time you've really trusted him and done what he told you to do because you did? You think that it's comfortable for me to stand up here sometimes and come to church and treat, preach, and try to pastor this church when I know in my heart things that I may have not have done or should have done throughout the week? You say, well, preacher, you're the pastor. Guess what? I'm human like you. You think it's easy sometimes to, to, to say, but God, I have failed here. God, I didn't get this right. And God, this. And I, then God will tell me to do something. I'll give him all the reasons why I can't do it. I don't have the money. I'm too tired. Well, I can't do that. Well, I can't talk to them. I can't take care of that. I, 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 this, 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 this. Instead of saying, I trust you, Jesus, I trust you. And it's your word I will obey. So in 2023, I think he expects of me to trust him a little bit. I think this year he expects us to thrust out and trust him. You say, I never have, then this is the year to do it. This is the time to do it. So he did what Jesus told him to do. Isn't it amazing the difference it makes when we do what Jesus tells us to do? You know, salvation for somebody that's never been saved seems hard. Sometimes some things are hard to think about to do. They seem impossible, but if you'll trust him, if you'll trust him, he'll do it. It's not blind faith or shooting in the dark. It's doing what he tells us to do that lines up with his word. If it doesn't, then it's not from him. You know, notice what he said here. I'm gonna throw this one in for good measure. They had... Uh, had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes that are net break. They, and so they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they begin to sink. Sometimes we gotta get a teammate, don't we? We gotta, we gotta get a tag along occasionally. We gotta get a teammate, sometimes call on some help occasionally. And God puts people in our life to help you and I. Don't be too prideful to allow somebody to help you or ask for help. Sometimes he wants you to. 
There's certain people he puts in your life to help you and you need to depend on him with them and you need to depend on them sometimes through the power and the glory of God to help you along and get you through a moment of situation. Trusting him is not always easy. I remember Dwight McClure. I'll never forget this. And this is nothing in comparison to nobody else that's went through this. I'm not trying to say theirs was any less or better. I'm just telling you, this is an experience I had that I remember. His wife, I think they met when they were 12 or 13 years old. She passed away five, six years ago, maybe now. I don't know. Something like that. And it took three hours or four hours when I got in line to reach the casket from the crowd. I wonder how long it's going to take people to come in our line. I wonder how many, by the way, these are mostly church people too. I wonder how many people we've touched for the kingdom of God that it would take to wait in line or to get to our casket. Just a little something to think about. Because she had touched lives, because God had, she allowed God to touch her, there was a crowd. Let me get back to the point. That was just a side note. I got up to the casket. And I looked down at her. Dwight looked at me with tears in his eyes. They met when they were 13 years old, 12 or 13. He said, this is the hardest thing God's ever asked me to do. What was I supposed to look at him and say? I said, brother, I'm sorry. I love you. Ain't much else you can say. You understand what I'm saying. You understand what he was saying. Sometimes God asks you to do something that's not easy. He's not asking you to trust him for your comfort. He's asking you to trust him for his glory and honor because he wants to do something in your life and in somebody else's life. And it's not always easy. It's not our way, but it's God's way. And it's the right way. And it will make the difference in other people's lives and in your life if you'll just trust him. You're going to have pain and sorrow on earth. I don't care what you do, but I'm much more having and trusting him and being in his will than having it because I'm outside of his will. <laughs> That's a different ball game. So number, uh, number three, uh, we got to be thankful. Let me get to this one just in a minute. Number one, we got to thrust out. Number two, trust him. You can put two and a half. We got to have a teammate sometimes. Number three, notice what Simon said. When Simon, verse eight, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him at the drought of fishes that, were, that, had, that they had taken. Number three, you gotta be thankful. You know, the Bible's full of this. We need to pay some tribute to Jesus every now and then, don't we? <laughs> In Philippians chapter four, it tells us different places and all things give thanks. In Thessalonians, it says give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. All through the Bible when Jesus, it said he had took bread when he had blessed it and he gave thanks, he break it. Hey, all through the Bible, he says give thanks, give thanks. When's the last time you've given thanks for something Jesus did in your life and really meant it? When's the last time you give him thanks for your life? I thought it's more going to send up here talking this morning. Did he thanks God that he was born where he was born, raised where he was raised by the people 
he was raised by, in the churches he went to. When's the last time you've given thanks for your family so easily you could have been born somewhere else? You say, but you don't know my family. You're right, I don't. And you may have suffered some things, but you're where God wants you. Imagine if you'd been born to a Middle Eastern family. Imagine being somewhere in the heart of China and you was told to honor and worship their leader. You didn't have a choice. We still do have some freedom here. I know it's not what it used to be, but it's better than what a lot of people's got. When's the last time you're giving thanks? You know what would be good to do in 2023? What he expects of me is to thank him. He expects me to thrust out from my comfort zone a little bit. He expects me to trust him in everything. And he expects me to thank him. In 2023, I think it's time you and I do some things that God expects of us. You say, well, preacher, I've been waiting for the right day. I gotta get this done. It's not time yet. Yes, it's time. 23 is the time. It's not a matter of waiting until you get this house bought, this situation settled, this taken care of. It's today because you don't have no promise of tomorrow. God says today, live in today. Quit trying to live in next week when you're not even there. And said, I'll get right with God then. Get right with God now. What are you waiting on? Men, let me ask you a question. Are you being spiritual leaders in your home? In your house? Are you being spiritual leaders that people can see that you're making a difference in someone's life? Can they look up to you and say, there's a man of God? Or they look at her and say, she's the one carrying the torch. Ooh. You know what God expects men to be? He expects you to carry the torch. He expects you to be the spiritual leader. He expects you to see to it your family's in the house of God. He expects you to see to it that your family prays together and that way they stay together most of the time. He expects you, men, to be the example. Got a couple of amens. I figured some of you women would have jumped up and shouted right there. It's the last time you've really given him tribute, really thanked him. Imagine us, Simon, and I'm, I'm trying to wind down here a little bit. Simon Peter saw this happen. Put yourself in this position. You fished all night long, had a not caught, because he said we've taken nothing, not one single fish. Now here's the difference. They didn't throw their Zebco 33 out there with the, with the night crawler not how this works. They had decent sized boats and they let down nets and they went around the lake with that net dragging through the water and pulled that net up. And could you imagine going through the water and dragging that net and not catching one single creek chub all night? Not even a bluegill. And finally, Jesus says, after all the commotion had taken place, you know, I have fished a little bit. Most of the time, you can see a fish and you can take and kick the edge of that boat and that fish will take off like lightning. You spook them, they run. Imagine all this commotion been taking place. He's been out there talking. No doubt uh, they moved around the boat a little bit. And he said, let down your net. And Peter said, Lord, we're not even out in the water hardly. And you're telling us to do this? Okay, at thy word, I'll do it. <clears throat> Just because you told me to. I'll do it. So they let down the net and all of a sudden he goes to pull up. He's like, wow, this is real. 
wow, I can't believe this. And then he turns and he sees Jesus and he realizes it was that Jesus' word and why they caught the fish. You see, he controls everything. <laughs> I don't know how he told them fish to swim in that net, but he did. They got in there somehow. You say, well, there was a bait ball coming by. He knew they were coming by. No matter how you want to word it, he knew. I wonder if he even told him which side of the boat to put the net on. I wonder when he pointed, he said, let down your nets. And Peter let down the net. Sometimes you and I will trust him a little bit just to soothe our conscience and to test it out, see if it's going to work and how much battle is going to be there. How hard is it going to be? You know, when it comes to salvation, you're either going to trust him or you're not. There's no halfway salvation. Let me say this. There's no halfway serving either. No. You're either serving him or you're not. It's your family, it's your kids, it's your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad, whoever still may be in your family, your friends, co-workers, do they know without a doubt you're a child of God? I've been laughed at on jobs. They say, I Craig's a Bible thumper. I say, yes, I am. And I'm not embarrassed by it. I said, I looked them dead in the eye and said, the day will come you wished you was or you were. That's proper English. Sorry, honey, I'm trying. The day will come you wished you would have been. Isn't it amazing how that God gives us so many things and we get so few of them right? Let me move on. So, truly thankful. When's the last time you, your heart's been broken enough that you were so thankful that it brought you to tears just for thankfulness? Lastly, and I'm done. Verse 10, he said, And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, they're also, as you know, called the sons of thunder, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I'm going to give you the equivalent. So, Jesus comes along, and he calls Jason, he calls Morgan, and Jeremy. I got to pick somebody. Morgan gets out of his truck in the morning, a UPS truck, and he takes everything is worthwhile, it's according to this, much of nothing. He leaves the keys, hanging the ignition, and he walks out and he says, I'm never going back to that truck. Jason delivers his last package Tuesday because he's off tomorrow. And when he leaves, he says, I'm never going back to that truck. Jeremy checks out a rice burner Toyota uh, tonight in the morning, and he says, I'm never going back. You see how they're going to make a living? I don't know, that's up to God because if, if God told them to do that, God will see to it they're provided for. This is the equivalent of what they did. This is what they did. You say, how did they make a living? Well, Jesus fed them. They didn't have a home for three and a half years. They followed him and went where, where he went. They did what he did. They ate what he ate. But you know what they were doing? They were telling people 
about him. So in 2023, what he expects from me is to tell people about him. And guess what? He expects that from you. So in 2023, God expects Craig to tell people about him. He expects me to thrust out just a little bit. He expects me to trust him. Sometimes I need a teammate. I need some help. He expects me, does anybody remember the last one? I can't hear. Thank. Be thankful. That's right. And then tell. Have you told anybody about him lately? I've said this before. If we, if we took this challenge and followed it, this would happen when I'm getting ready to tell you. I believe this. If we sincerely were serious, what if every, just the ones that's in this building right now, every one of us managed to invite somebody to church. I know in some of our situations it's tough, it's hard, we don't see a lot of people, but imagine if we all set out to, to invite somebody to church and we kept inviting people until finally somebody came and got saved. How different would our church look? I, I want to say this and I'm, I'm done. Most of you know, some of you may not, Sure, most of you's heard about it. Monday night, the Monday night football game between the Bills and the Bengals. Player got hit. He, he stood up and he instantly fell back. Just, I mean, just totally lifeless. And when he landed, his hands kind of even bounced and they kind of went up on him. Hands was laying like this. Now, some people's gonna get mad at this, but I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. And. Immediately, they rushed out on the field. You could see some of the players realize that this was not a normal injury. They did CPR on this young man for, for a long time, revived him. He was, what I understand, he was actually no pulse, anything pronounced dead for nine minutes, I think, if, if I'm right. He's actually doing well. He even sent out a, a tweet or, a, or whatever sometime. And all of a sudden, for the first time in a while, on national TV, it was okay to pray. Last week, that wouldn't have been allowed. If the announcers, on the commentators on that game and on ESPN would have said anything about praying, they would have been reprimanded for it. But now, all of a sudden, I'm not against praying for this young man because I did. And what I'm mostly praying is if he's not born again, he gets born again. I'm not against, y'all know I'm not against praying. That's not my point. My point is, is when tragedy comes, suddenly there is a God and suddenly we can pray to that God. But the rest of the time, there is no God and we don't want to hear anything about prayer. But now, all of a sudden, we need to pray. Let's lay it in our lap. Does it take that to get you to really pray? Does it take something like that to get you to pray? To seek God? To be thankful? To trust Him? To thrust out a little bit? And to tell somebody about Him? Let this year, let's, let's see, what does God expect of me in 2023? He expects you and me to act like a Christian. Act like a disciple and a follower of him. That's what he expects. And are we remotely willing to do it? I'm going to tell you, you better be. Because the day is going to come 
You're going to stand before him. Let me give you, give you I promise I'm done. Imagine if everything, everybody in here ever thought of me. We come in and everything you've thought of me and everything you have said about me or even thought, we're going to sit here together and I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to watch it play out on a screen right there since I've been here. Your thoughts. How you really feel and really think about me. What you said to your buddies about me, your family about me. Some of you have said good and some of you have said bad. You don't look at me like that. I'm be, be real. And the things you wouldn't dare say, I got to see. You know the difference in this is? One day what you really think and feel about Jesus, he's going to show you. And you're going to stand there and face him in the eye. And you're going to have to look at him and say, Lord, I just didn't care because there's no other excuse that's going to make it. You just didn't care because there's no hiding right there. When we stand before him at the the judgment seat of Christ, at the Bema seat, everything you've ever thought is put on display and he already knows it and he's going to sit there and go down at least with you. You say, what do you mean, preacher? He don't have time to do that. God's got eternity. He don't need no, he, time don't matter to him. He ain't going nowhere. I wonder, I wonder, my own self, sometimes I think, God, I'm not real comfortable with that thought. So let's let 2023 be the year of what he expects of me that I do. I tell you what I think we ought to do. I think we need to, we need to pray. We need to come around this altar and say, God, I don't know exactly what you expect of me. Some things you do because the preacher just told us. Word tells us. But I wonder what difference God wants to make in you in 2023. And most of all, if you're here this morning and you don't know for sure that if you're born again, that if you died right now, you would go to heaven. He's specifically talking to you. He expects you to be born again and trust in him. Let this be the year that you finally say, you know what, I'm going to get things right with God. I'm going to, today is the day. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. How about it today? Would you let let him come in your heart today and make you a new creature? Would today be the day that you say, I'm going to live life for the first time I'm going to be alive and I'm going to know what life is all about? Father, we thank you again for this time together and for this day that you've given us. Lord, wide. God, I, I gave the best I knew how and I could, God, your word this morning. Jesus, we got example after example after example of what you expect from us, what you demand of us, and what you require of us. And God, every, every day of my life, it seems like sometimes I start out and say, I want today to be better. I want this to be a better day than yesterday. Well, God, I want this to be a better year than last year. I want this year for me to mean something for you, God. I want to step out of my comfort zone just a little bit more. I want to trust you a little bit more. I want to be a little more thankful. God, I want to tell more people about you.
Uh, God, I pray that everybody in here would say, I need to, something that God has given me to do in this church. Something God has told me to do, and I need to do it. Or maybe they haven't been given anything, and God, you want to. Let them open their heart. God, there are so many things here, God, for people to do if they would just get involved, God, and take part. And Lord, most of all, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, let this be the day, God. I pray that you speak to their heart. God, break their heart for you, Jesus. Convict them beyond their description, God, beyond their belief, so that they see only you, God. Help them this morning, I pray. In Jesus, your name we pray. And I want to ask that everyone at Cannon Wheel, let's gather around this altar and let's come and seek God and ask him, what do you want me to do this year? What is it you're asking me to do?